You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Lost in much of the media coverage of the presidential campaign this year has been a massive protest by Native American Sioux tribes in the middle of the country. The protest has turned into somewhat of a standoff between tribal members and law enforcement officials. The tribes and their supporters are trying to stop the construction of an oil pipeline that would run under a river that supplies drinking water to the Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota. The original plan for the pipeline was scrapped because it threatened the drinking water of a predominantly white town nearby. And the pipeline was rerouted toward Standing Rock. The protest against the pipeline has drawn together tribes that have never formed a united front on this scale. We want to spend the rest of the show talking about the protest in Standing Rock and, of course, talking about this kind of environmental issue. There is no no way to look at what's going on in Standing Rock in North Dakota and not see echoes of Flint, Michigan, where uh, a switch in the water supply for that city resulted in thousands and thousands of people being exposed to drinking water that was tainted with lead. That kind of inequality here in the state of Michigan is repeated in places around the country. And the folks in Standing Rock at the Indian Reservation there believe that it is the same kind of issue. So joining me to talk about what's going on in Standing Rock, not just in terms of the news there, but in terms of these broader issues with uh, environmental issues and with Native peoples, is Antonia Gonzalez, who is the host of National Native News, and she is a member of the Navajo Nation. Antonia, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Thank you for um the invitation. Absolutely. Uh, so quickly catch us up on what is going on now in Standing Rock. Of course, several weeks ago, we were seeing pretty regularly, I think, on national television images of the standoff there. It seems to have, of course, receded because of so much attention being given to uh, the, the presidential election and the results there. So so what is the current, uh, the, the current sort of circumstance, I guess, at, uh, at Standing Rock? So you have um, the tribe that continues to oppose the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. Uh, Tribal leaders are um, constantly giving updates uh, to their supporters and also to uh, members of the media that they stand firm on their opposition of the pipeline, saying that it's a threat to water and the environment. And that's their main issue um, that they're concerned with. It's about a half mile from their reservation, and um, they've been firm on this issue. Um, You know, Native Native news media outlets have been covering this um, dating back to the spring. It was really the young people, the youth, the Native youth who brought this to the international scene. Um, You had young people from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe who ran um, from North Dakota to Washington, D.C., and stood in front of the White House and demonstrated. And, um, you know, a number of celebrities and other public figures have joined in support of the tribe. And so 
it's really that's really what pushed um, this this issue into the international scene. And even when you talk to some people from Standing Rock, I had a chance last week to talk to um, the chairman's father, whose name is also uh, Dave Archambault. Um, the chairman is Dave Archambault II, um, Archambault, excuse me. Um, and, they, you know, he credits the young people for really pushing this into the scene. So since since the summer, um, you know, they've there there's been a camp that has formed near the reservation. And then since then, uh, some other campsites where supporters from across tribal nations, uh, the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe says that's more than 300 tribes uh, representatives um, from different tribes. And also internationally, you see different groups of indigenous people who come into the camp uh, to stand in solidarity with the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. And so the numbers at the camp, you know, have been in the thousands and they vary because people come and go. And also on the weekends, it grows. And um, there are people who have been there this entire time and who are vowing to stay and keep up this um, opposition of the pipeline um, there at Standing Rock near the reservation. Yeah. Uh, as I said in the open, the idea for this pipeline has been around for some time and it was scrapped after uh, a white town nearby said, hey, look, this this could uh, this could poison our drinking supply. Talk uh, talk through, though, how we got from that point to the place where uh, it's being proposed in a spot that would threaten uh, this this native people's uh, uh, drinking supply there. So what you'll hear from tribal leaders, not just at Standing Rock, but across the country, is that um, you know, Native Americans are the first people of this country, and uh, uh, tribes have a unique government-to-government relationship with the United States. They have treaty obligations, um, you know, uh, health care, education, housing, and welfare of, of, of the people because of the history of the United States with colonialism coming in. So when, so when we, you look at it on a broader scene and you, and you talk to tribal leaders, what they want is true government-to-government consultation. So that means not with... uh, you uh, they want they want to talk directly with leaders, with not leaders, with yes. uh, staff, not with staff people. So you have people like uh, the chairman of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe, a nearby tribe of the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, who uh, Harold Fraser. He's been going to all of these consultation meetings. Um, the you know the a group of federal agencies since this uh, story has been in, uh, nationally and inter- in internationally, uh, the administration is holding consultations now across the country. Um, for future infrastructure projects, which spurred from this uh, Standing Rock Sioux's um, opposition to the pipeline. So what leaders want is true consultation. And so what they want is to be to have it with the people making these types of decisions. Yeah, yeah. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Antonia Gonzalez. She is the host of National Native News, also a member of the Navajo Nation. We're talking about the standoff at Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota. A proposed pipeline there threatens the drinking supply for the Indian Reservation, and uh, Native peoples from across the country really have uh, banded together together to try to stop the building of that pipeline. Of course, we can't talk about this issue without, I think, thinking about a place like Flint right here in the state of Michigan, where 
the switch in the water supply a few years ago resulted in thousands and thousands of people being exposed to water, drinking water, that was tainted with lead. Of course, uh, the people of Flint are still struggling every day uh, with uh, a water supply that is not quite clean. 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019 to join the conversation. What do you think about what's going on at Standing Rock? What do you think about these kinds of environmental justice issues, not just uh, at the Standing Rock Indian Reservation, but here in the state of Michigan, here in the city of Detroit? Also go to the Facebook page, the WDET Facebook page, uh, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, we'll work your comments into the conversation. Robert, in Detroit. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi. Hey, Robert. How are you? Okay, man. Yeah. Uh, i got two things to say. Uh-huh. One is stupid, and the other one is more practical. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll start with the practical one. Okay. The pipeline should stop the underground part where it's at, and they can build like a pipeline bridge to go across the river. So that it's you know not under saying? the water. Yeah. Uh, so it's not digging up the river and it's not digging up the, the burial grounds and all this kind of stuff. See, okay, now to the stupid point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Robert. We have to get to a point where we don't disturb or, or transgress on the sacred areas Otherwise, we're going to enter into a phase as phase. Okay, you, see, you cut out a little there, bit there, there, there are worlds blended together here that makes this life. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, them spirits could get mad and start effing up stuff. Yeah. Uh, Robert, thanks very much uh, for that call. Uh, Antonio Gonzalez, uh, talk about the the implication for sacred grounds here with regard to the pipeline, but then also talk about this idea of, well, why not just have the pipeline go overground instead of underground through the water? So uh, indigenous people who are there, the Standing Rock Sioux tribe and the other tribes in the area, um, say that there are sacred places. Uh, people, one of the issues is that this is, you know, treaty land. And so these people, are, these Native people have been there. This is their, they've been there for generations. So they know um, about their own history, their own culture. Um, you know, they, ha- they have their own language. So, of course, they know where their burial sites are, um, what's sacred to them. And so it's a place that, uh, at an area that, um, you know, you've seen on social media that, um, was a po- point of action of uh, conflict is that the people were trying to go and pray, um, they were saying, and that the place that they were going was a sacred area. And in regards to building it over, um, you hear from the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe and a lot of the supporters that they want it stopped. They do not want a pipeline in their area. And you were talking a little bit about the water and how um, water is sacred to indigenous people across the country. Here in the Southwest, we had the Gold King Mine Waste Bill in 2015. That's in the Four Corners region. And that made national news because you saw the Animus River turn this musty orange color Uh and uh, it went down into the San Juan River, which is in the heart of uh, farming and ranching area for the Navajo Nation and their uh, 
and some other tribes in the Southwest, but that really impacted people who rely on that water as their main water source for their animals, for their livelihoods. Um, these aren't people, you know, they, ha yes, they do use it for recreation once in a while, but it's really for the benefit of their lives. I mean, these are Navajo people who have been farming and ranching in this area. Sure. And then it, they were heavily, heavily impacted by the Gold King mine waste spill. So when you think about these water issues, um, if you're if you're not near it, then it's not even in in your thought. Yeah. But when you're when you're living there and it's a threat to your livelihood, then of course, you know, you a lot of people are gonna take action against it. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the protest at Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota. Stay with us on the phones, too. 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and thanks for joining me. My guest is Antonia Gonzalez. She is the host of National Native News. She's also a member of the Navajo Nation. We are talking about the standoff at uh, Standing Rock Indian Reservation in North Dakota over a planned pipeline there. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. What do you think about these plans? plans for this pipeline. Uh, is this uh, a threat to the indigenous peoples who live in that area? And uh, is this indicative of the way that this country deals with issues of native peoples? We got lots of calls, of course. Uh, lots of people want to join this conversation. So let's go to the phones. Taylor in West Bloomfield. Welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank Hi. you so much. Yes. Can you hear me? I, I sure can. Go ahead. All right. Um, so a big concern of mine is that this was once in a white community we talked about, and it was scrapped. And we haven't really talked about why that is and why it's now facing a Native American community. Sure. And why... That was the first question I, I actually asked Antonia Gonzalez, is sort of how that came how that came to be, that uh, that it was, it was moved, uh, essentially, from one place to another. Exactly. And I have to wonder why that isn't being talked about more in like these media news stories. And of course, it's we can't talk about that without talking about Flint as well and how if this were to have happened in a predominantly white community in Bloomfield Hills or West Bloomfield, like where I am, would this be happening? Yeah. Yeah. No, Taylor, uh, great points. Uh, and, and thank you very much for the call and for injecting that into the into the conversation. Let's go to Phil in Rochester Hills. Good morning, Stephen and Antonia. How are you doing, folks? Good. How are you? Good. Good. So, uh, I guess I don't. I don't. I'm not qualified to comment on Standing Rock, but let me just tell you something real quick. Standing prominently on the walls in my home is one of my favorite quotes, and it's a Native American proverb, and it, it basically simply reads: "We do not inherit this earth from our ancestors; we borrow it from our children." And, and i got to tell you, as, a, as an immigrant from the Middle East who immigrated to America in, in, at, at 11, this, uh, this is near and dear to my heart because it tells me that, that we have a guardianship uh, that we have to uphold yeah. uh, as Americans, uh, as people of this earth. So having said that, I, I, my comment is, is, isn't it interesting, the correlation between 
uh, Standing Rock and Flint in that you have a swath of folks that are, that are part of what I've termed uh, victims of, of the industrialized independency. And so I guess my, my, my comment is, um, what can folks do in Flint? What can the Native American tribes that are so dependent on government assistance, yeah. what can they do to get themselves out of this cycle? Because to me, it is the, this is the, the politics of what happened in this election. And I'll tell you, I voted for Trump, and that's a whole other subject for another matter. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we'll I, I go down that road. Yeah, not now, no. not now, Phil. <laughs> well, no, all I'm saying is that, is that the reason that the country is split up is because the government has figured out ways to buy their votes. And unfortunately, this is where we find ourselves in America. We find ourselves subsets of the population that are in these situations. Yeah, and yeah. and by, by and large, it's because... They've, they, they haven't been able to separate themselves from this, this monstrosity that has become the federal government. Yeah, uh, Phil, uh, great, great point. Uh, and Antonia Gonzalez, I want to give you a chance to, to sort of answer that about this relationship between government, our federal government, and uh, indigenous peoples. It goes beyond just what we're looking at here at, at Standing Rock. Right, so what you'll hear from... Uh tribal leaders and native people is that, you know, our ancestors really um, fought to make sure that uh, generations are taken care of. And even today, that's a key value among tribes across the country, individual native people, is that our actions, we're always looking to the future generations. What are we doing now? How's that going to impact the future? And so when you look back at history, there is that responsibility that, um, you know, the government, that's why we have, that's why tribes have such a government to government relationship. And right. let's not forget that lots of promises have been broken. And you'll hear tribal leaders talk about those uh, broken promises. Um, there are economic, there's a lot of um, initiatives in Indian country for economic development um, and to and to uphold tribal sovereignty. I was actually at a national a business summit yesterday where people are talking about that. How, how, what can tribes do to, to boost their economies? How can they sustain economies as well as uh, providing opportunities for individual business owners? Um, another thing I wanted to mention is just the resilience that you hear from our people. Yeah. So it's not gloom and doom. Um, you know, like you said, I'm come, I come from the Navajo nation. My grandmother grew up without running water, electricity. She's 98 years old. She's still at it. Is that our people are resilient. Yeah. Um, we've had we have people today on on reservations, including on the Navajo reservation, who are still hauling water to uh, feed their livestock. And so, um, this is we are resilient people. And um, you know, we no matter fighting. who's in the president, who no matter who's in the presidency, we did a huge native vote series here, um, looking at a lot of different issues. And the National Congress of American Indians had a webinar mm-hmm. right after the election. So whoever's in 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 office, our people will survive, and they're going to keep on going. Okay, Antonia Gonzalez, host of National Native News, a member of the Navajo Nation. Thank you very much for being here on Detroit today. Thank you. Absolutely. It's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. See you tomorrow.